Okay, Hare Krishna. We're ready to resume with Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Chapter 20, Pure Devotional Service. We've gotten up to Text 15. Anjakalpa Tribhyascha Kripa Sindhi Vyebhacha Patitanam Pabhavya Vaishnavya Namorana. Just to remind you, uh, we're in a section uh, starting with text 12 and going to 17 in which uh, Krishna uh, explains and praises the advantages of the human body. Uh, so I'll just read the translations up until 15. 12, the residents of both heaven and hell desire human birth on the earth planet because human life facilitates the achievement of transcendental knowledge and love of Godhead, whereas neither heavenly nor hellish bodies efficiently provide such opportunities. 13. A human being whose wives should never desire promotion to heavenly planets nor residence in hell. Indeed, a human being should also never desire permanent residence on earth because for by such absorption in the material body one becomes foolishly negligent of one's actual self-interest. 14. A wise person knowing that although the material body is subject to death, it can still award the perfection of one's life, should not foolishly neglect to take advantage of this opportunity uh, before death arises. Arrives, excuse me. So now we are up to text 15. Samija, uh, uh, recite this verse. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So Krishna continues, Chidjamanam Yamayar Etayar Etayar Chidjamanam Yamayar Etayar Kritanidam Vanaspatim so the translation is given here is without attachment a bird gives up the tree in which his nest was constructed when that tree is cut down by cruel men who are like death personified and thus the bird achieves happiness in another place. This is giving an example now of giving up an attachment to the body, like the bird. So, it's talked about this the tree, which is at the last word on the first line, Vanaspatim. Vanaspati is a name for a tree. It means the lord of the forest, literally, Vanaspati. When it's being chidjamana, being cut down by yama in the plural. So... 
by as is, by people who are like death, like Yama, uh, cruel men. They say here, uh, like death personified. Uh, this tree where Kriptanidam, uh, which he has made, the bird has made the nest. Right? So now that tree is being cut down. And here's the bird, Kaga. Uh, this is a name for a bird. It literally means sky going, or goer, one who goes in the sky. Ka is the name for space or, or ether. And God goes, so the sky going, you know. I mean, bird is also called Dwija, meaning twice born, because first the egg comes born, and then the chick is hatched out of the egg, so it's twice born. But here it's a kaga, which is kind of nice because it's talking about moving from one place to another. So it's got this kaga. Uh, uh, Sadness, the, uh, when it's, when it's, uh, the tree in which its nest is there is being cut down, Swaketam uh, Utsuja gives up his home. He just picks up and leaves. Shemam Yati Hi Alampataha. He achieves Shema, which means security, or here it's translated as happiness. Uh, shema yoga shema vaham yaham uh, uh, Krishna says I, I uh, make sure they get what they need that's yoga and shema means the secure possession of what you have so it's kind of an idea of security and safety uh, like uh, yeah, shelter uh, so he, he attains shema uh, elsewhere Alampata, alampata without attachment. Uh, uh. So the purport just uh, states the obvious. BBT says here, the example is given of detachment from the bodily concept of life. The living entity resides within the body just as a bird dwells within the tree. And thoughtless men cut down the tree, the bird, without lamenting the loss of its previous nest, does not hesitate to establish its residence in another place. So you should be like that. You're not, you're not particularly attached to this body. You'll get another one, one or the other, you know. Uh, that time will come. And then... Uh, 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 text 16, uh, he continues, Aho Ratyaish Chijamana, the same word, you notice, Chijamanam, the same word is repeated, cut down. Aho Ratyaish Chijamanam, Budvayur. Maya Vepatuhu, Mukta Sangha Param Buddha, Nariha Upasham Yati. Knowing that one's duration of life is being similarly cut down by the passing of days and nights, one should be shaken by fear. In this way, given up all material attachment and desire, 
one understands the Supreme Lord and achieves perfect peace. Uh-huh. So, by days and by nights, uh, being cut down. So you don't have to wait until the end. It's, you're being, we're being cut down every day as a, another axe stroke. <laughs> uh, day and night come, and it's uh, uh, cutting it down. Buddha, knowing this, uh, person who uh, realizes this uh, is uh, uh, that what's being cut down is Ayu, Ayu, like Ayurveda, Ayu, longevity is, is being cut down. His day, his time of span of life is one day shorter. You can't, you know, add more on the end. You can't get more uh, time, uh, another chance, you know goes unrecoverable this person should be vaya uh, vipatu trembling with fear this word vipatu you remember this is what Arjuna is saying I'm shaking you know my hands are trembling it's also a sign of ecstasy vipatu trembling it's like a strong any really strong emotion will, will make you shake vaya uh, but here with, uh, with fear uh, so it says one should be shaken by fear. It's wise to keep this in mind. Just don't don't think you know everything's going on fine. Muktasanga param budva. Niriha upashimaya. Muktasanga. Free from attachment. I mean, sadhu sangha. Sangha means together with something. So, but sangha, sometimes we say sadhu sangha, but otherwise it's asat sangha, for example. The, uh, giving asat sangha tiaga, giving up the association of materialistic people. So, but sometimes sangha just used by itself just to mean uh, material attachments. So here it is, mukta sangha, free from, uh, liberated from, or free from attachment. Uh, param budva, budva, uh, understanding the supreme niriha without material desires. Upashama, upashamyanti. He achieves uh, uh, peace. Oh, yeah, there's a verse, um, second canto, just a second. I'm going to go get the second canto. I forgot to bring it over. Uh, yeah. 2, three, seventeen. it reminded me of this verse in the second canto. Oh, I marked it. Okay. Uh, both by rising and setting the sun decreases the life of everyone except one who utilizes the time by discussing topics of the all good personality of Godhead that's this verse uh, and Prabhupada says this verse indirectly confirms the greater importance of utilizing the human form of life to realize our lost relationship with the Supreme Lord by acceleration of devotional service. 
Time and tide wait for no man. So the time indicated by the sunrise and sunset will be uselessly wasted if such time is not properly utilized for realizing identification of spiritual values. Even a fraction of the duration of life wasted cannot be compensated by any amount of gold. So Prabhupada goes on. This is a very nice purport, uh, uh, worth reading anyway. It reminded me of this also, the exhortation to don't waste time. <laughs> because you don't, it's gone. When it's gone, it's gone. And uh, you can't purchase anymore. Uh, uh. Anyway, it's, it's a nice purport. That's two, three, uh, seventeen. So, what, so we should be conscious of this fact that we have the, the human form of life is rare. It's a good opportunity. It's rare because if you consider the number of life forms on the world that we know of, the, the humans are just a tiny, tiny, little, bitty bit. Uh, uh, especially if you see a microscope, you know. There was a shock once in the biology class. You got some pond water. I put a little drop on the microscope, and you know, and there was a whole city going on down there. It was like so many guys, you know running around and doing stuff so you could <laughs> it's a we are definitely a majority we don't know how it got it and once you lose it you don't know when it will come back either mm-hmm. so he uh, so we go on uh, uh okay so here uh Oh yeah, this, now this is a, 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 a verse that uh, uh, Prabhupada many times is, is referred to. Nridaham adyam. So this is now the meter changes. So this is a guy calls attention to itself. Nridaham adyam sulabam sudur labam plavam sukalpam guru karnadaram. Manyan kulena nabasvateritam puman bavam din bavam puman bavab din nataret saat maha. This is a really cool verse. Huh? Uh, the translation is uh, the human body, which can award all benefit of life, uh, is automatically obtained by the laws of nature although it is a very rare achievement. The human body can be compared to a perfectly constructed boat, having the spiritual master as, its, as the captain and the instructions of the personality of Godhead as favorable winds impelling it on its course. Considering all these advantages, a human being who does not utilize his human life to cross the ocean of material existence must be considered the killer of his own soul. So, Ri is a human being, Ri Deham, the human body, uh, Adyam, uh, the source of all favorable results, they gloss it that way. Uh, Sulabam Sudulabam, this is like a contradiction. Easily obtained but hard to get. <laughs> 
because uh, it's it's sulabam, effortlessly obtained here in the word for word, sudulabam, although impossible to obtain even with great endeavor. There's the interesting thing. Uh, 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 I think the, in the in the purport here, the VBT purport, they say uh, it is automatically obtained by the laws of nature, where you didn't do anything to get it. You know, when you first human body uh, is automatically obtained by the laws of nature, although it is a very rare achievement. And uh, Banuswami, in his translation of this verse, he puts it, which is rarely attained, but attained easily by some good fortune. And he's following Vishma Chakravarti Thakur's commentary. Vishma Chakravarti writes, writes, it is difficult to attain since it is impossible to attain by millions of attempts. Uh, but it is easily attained since it is attained by good fortune. So, so however you get it. Good fortune means, you know, you don't know what. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's the thing. Sulabam sudurlabam. Nudeham adyam. Sulabam sudurlabam. Plavam. It is a like a boat. So here's the, the, the metaphor. It's a boat. Sukalpam, uh, which is well-made. uh, uh uh, so it has a nice poetry, sulabam and sukalpam in the same line. Sukalpam uh, plavan, uh, a perfectly constructed boat, uh, as they say, the BBT says. Uh, Vishnu Chakravarti says, uh, the boat uh, which is by great luck skillfully made. <laughs> So you've got it. You know, I mean, you should say, hey, I've got this, but wow, look what it does, you know. Look at what it Oh, it's so well put together. It can do so many things, you know. Uh, uh, and then uh, this, uh, the next thing, so, there, so, so you've got this boat. The boat is well made. And Guru Karanadharam. The next good fortune is you get somebody who knows how to sail the boat. This is the captain. They call him the captain, Karnadhara. Now, you know, when I, I looked this word up, when I first encountered it for captain, how do you get it? Because it literally means one who holds the ear. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they have some earring or something. I had to look it up. But uh, uh, the ear, Dara, it means that the the rudder of a sh- of a boat or a ship, you know, it's, it's, it sits below the water line and it sticks out like a ship has one ear, the rudder. So the, it really means literally the helmsman, uh, the one. And usually there's a big tiller that you go back and forth. Or if you have a bigger ship, it's a wheel, but it moves the rudder. Uh, and uh, in the old days, the captain was was the one who who did that. And nowadays, of course, it's just a, a ordinary seaman who's doing the thing uh, on 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 on, uh, on on the wheel. But anyway, that's the Karana Dharam is the captain, who is the guru. You get the boat, and then 
you may have the boat, but if you don't have somebody who knows how to sail it properly and take advantage of the opportunities, uh, you can mess up or run aground or get swamped in a storm. So many things are there. So it's like a series of good things. You've got the body uh, by some good fortune, and then you get uh, somebody knows how to how to give give guidance. Huh? Uh, 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 Vishnu Chakravarti says, uh, which has a captain when one surrenders to Guru. In other words, if you don't surrender Guru, you, you got no captain. You got no captain. And then, what does the captain do? Uh, 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 takes advantage of the uh, the favorable winds. Uh, it says Maya Anukulena. Anukulena means favorable. Anukulena, Krishna Anushila. We know that word. By me, uh, uh, there is the 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 boat is iritam. It's propelled by Anukuldena Nabasvata, favorable winds. So the favorable winds that impelled it on the course, they come from Krishna. Right? He is also involved in this. Now, there's different takes about the, what the favorable winds are. Uh, 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 Banu Swami translates this. The, the BBT says the instructions of the personality of Godhead as favorable winds and telling it on its course. Right? That's how they translate it in there. That the favorable winds are the instructions of the supreme personality of Godhead. Uh, but Banu Swami, following Vishnu Chakravarti, says, push by the favorable winds of serving me. So we learn how to serve Krishna uh, uh, by the spiritual master and therefore, th- those favorable winds uh, impel us. Pushed by the favorable wind by me when I am served, that when Krishna is being served, the winds come to push you along on your journey. If you don't serve Krishna, you've got dead air. So... Uh, 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 the, the BBC uh, in, the, in their, their, their purport, Lord Krishna is compared to favorable winds that help the boat of the body to ply smoothly on the course back home, back to Godhead. So in this complex metaphor. Uh, and so it says the Krishna is the favorable winds. Lord Krishna gives his personal instructions in the Vedic literature. So you can take it to be the Vedic literature, speaks to the bona fide spiritual master, so he's there that way, and encourages, warns, and protects his sincere devotee from within the devotee's heart. So all these different ways are possible ways uh, uh, for the Lord to uh, help on the journey. Such merciful guidance of the Lord moves a sincere soul quickly uh, on the path back to Godhead. Uh, so you have all this, 
and you still don't use it. You 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 know you you you've got this uh, uh, a person who does not cross over Tadet the Bavamdim Bavamdim Abdi Abdi is the ocean, but Bava here is existence or meaning material existence Bava. Uh, uh, that person who doesn't take advantage of all this to cross over this ocean of material existence, that he is Atmaha, the killer of his own soul. Uh, this is a very heavy <laughs> verse. Huh? Uh, now, Prabhupada himself has spoken about, has quoted this verse a number of times. One place uh, is in the purport to Bhagavatam 4.23.28, where it has, makes the same idea, uh, the translation of 4.23.28, any person who engages himself within the material world of performing activities that necessitate great struggle, and who, after obtaining a human form of life, which is a chance to attain liberation from miseries, undertakes the difficult task of fruitive activities, must be considered to be cheated and envious of his own self. So you've got the human form, but you're only doing you know, things that are just Shrama uh, Eva, he gave him hard work and nothing more, it says in the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, uh, Bhagavad Gita, somewhere, one of our books, Shrama, it's hard work and nothing more. Uh, you have this chance to attain, but then you simply engage in the fruit of activities. So Prabhupada says in the purport, uh, uh, the wives of the demigods condemn the performers of sense gratificatory activities as vanchita, cheated. Those who are so engaged are actually killing themselves, atmaha. And then Prabhupada quotes this verse. Uh, uh, and then he says, when one wants to cross a large ocean, he requires a strong boat. It is said that in this human form of life, he said that this human form of life is a good boat by which can cross the ocean of nescience. In human life, one can obtain the guidance of a good navigator, the spiritual master. Uh, one also gets a favorable wind by the mercy of Krishna, and that wind is the instructions of Krishna. The human body is the boat. The instructions of Lord Krishna are the favorable winds, and the spiritual master is the navigator. The spiritual master knows well how to adjust the sails to catch the winds favorably and steer the boat to its destination. Because otherwise the Vedas are, if you just start looking at the Vedas for what you should do, you, you will get very confused. Uh, and actually in the Mahabharata it's denied <laughs> that you can make, leave them alone. Uh, because of, because of they exist in different divisions for different kinds of people. So how do you know? Uh, or Prabhupada says you have to take uh, the medicine uh, according to the instructions of the physician. Otherwise, you may do ourselves harm. Uh, 
physicians there. So these different examples are there. If, however, one does not take advantage of this opportunity, one wastes the human form of life. Wasting time and life in this way is the same as committing suicide. Uh, uh, now, uh, this verse is really familiar uh, to me because... Uh, just a second... Because uh, Prabhupada quoted it uh, or, or stopped on, a, on some length when he was in, here in Philadelphia in 1975. It was July 14th uh, that he gave this class. He came here for Rathiatra. At that time, in 75, we had the only Rathiatra on the East Coast of the United States. And he told me he was going to come that year, and he did. So Prabhupada was actually uh, uh, speaking on Bhagavatam 6130. Uh, and uh, then the, the lecture he gave, or at least part of it, uh, uh, was, uh, became a chapter in the book, uh, The Quest for Enlightenment, the little, book, this little booklet. Uh, the chapter called The Human Machine. So here's, so it's been edited a little bit, but here's how Prabhupada said. Now, Shastra says, Nidehaṁ adyam sulabham sudurlavam plavam sukalpam. This human body is a very good machine and it is very rare. With great difficulty we have gotten this machine because we have had to come through so many other machines, the aquatics, the plants, the insects, the trees, the serpents and reptiles, and then the birds and beasts. This has taken millions and millions of years. We have seen trees that are standing for more than 5,000 years. If you get that kind of machine, you cannot move. You, cannot, you have to stand in one place. We had to go through this. Foolish people do not know. Therefore, this human machine is sudulabam, very difficult to attain. It is, all, it is also sukopam, very nicely made. <laughs> Those who are medical men know how nicely it is made, how the nerves are working, how the brain is working, the intestines and the heart, and everything is working so nicely. It is a grand machine. Therefore, it is called sukopam, very well constructed. And what for? Suppose you have a nice, well-constructed boat. Then you can get in it and cross over a river or ocean. ocean. Similarly, in the human boat, we can cross over this material ocean. Life after life, we have been struggling in this material ocean, but now we have a suitable boat to cross it, this human body. The human boat is especially advantageous because the breeze is very favorable. The breeze is the Shastra, or bona fide scripture. When you ply your boat, if the breeze is favorable for pushing on to your destination, that is another advantage. So we have a good boat and a good breeze, and Guru Karnadharam, the Guru is the good captain who can steer the boat. He is giving instructions, sail like this, turn quickly this way, now that way. So we have a great opportunity. The boat is very nice. The captain is very good. The breeze is very favorable. But with all these advantageous, advantageous facilities, 
we do not cross over the ocean of ignorance of material existing, then we are committing suicide, sa'atmaha. You have such a great opportunity, and yet you are still remaining in this material world, repeated suffer, repeatedly suffering birth, old age, disease, and death. Is that very good intelligence? People are being misled. They are studying the human machine, that's all. Instead of taking advantage of the machine to cross over the material ocean, they are busy studying it. And they cannot even study completely. I may claim this is my body, but if somebody asks me, how many hairs do you have on your body? I cannot say. How am I eating something? How is it being turned into some secretion? How is the secretion is becoming blood and going to the heart? How the blood is being distributed throughout the arteries and veins? I do not know any of these things. I can simply theorize. The human machine is not under your control. The machine is made by God, or by nature, God's agent. It is a very subtle machine. So if you are intelligent, you will ask, what is the use of simply studying the machine? I have it, so let me utilize it for going to my destination. That is intelligence. But no, people neglect to use the human machine for going on their, to the destination. Instead, they simply study it. And this is going on in the name of science. What is this nonsensical science? Simply busy in studying the machine. So he goes on, he gives examples. Say you're taking a trip somewhere and you are driving a really nice car. You say, wow, this car is really great. I wonder how it works. You pull over the side of the road and open the hood up and start looking around the inside and taking it apart to see how it works and you never take the trip. So we're always trying to figure out the material body. We're always finding out we don't, the more we know, the less we understand it. It's like more complicated than we ever thought. And, uh, and they're always announcing, oh, everything we told you uh, up to now, we thought we knew, but now it's wrong. We, we're making progress and so on and so forth. So anyway, that's, that's Prabhupada's, uh, part of Prabhupada's uh, lecture uh, invoking this uh, this particular uh, 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 verse here. So it's a familiar one. What to do uh, with the human body. Uh, uh, and, uh, so that's really how now, now having done this, Krishna now uh, changes the topic. He's established that. And now, uh, starting with text 18, uh, he's going to discuss uh, the actions necessary. Well, this is the way Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur uh, characterizes this section, this next section. He calls it the, the, uh, the actions necessary for persons qualified for jnana. Uh, he says uh, uh, in the beginning of the purport to text 18, Having praised the human body, which allows practice of both jnana and bhakti, Krishna speaks of the actions necessary for persons qualified for jnana. Their initial state is described in nine and a half verses. I've labeled it 18 to 26, but it's actually the first line, uh, the first two padas of, uh, of text number 27 also because uh, that, that also has the word disgust in it, divina. 
sort of economists who, so this, this, we've already seen this word appear a few times, being disgusted, various variations on it, and now it shows up again. So that's a sure sign that, you know, there's some leaning at least toward jnana. Uh, 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 so, so that's why he's saying here, the actions necessary for persons qualified for jnana. But then, you know, that's, uh, that slides into bhakti. Uh, so uh, we'll uh, at least uh, cover text 18. Uh, 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 so it begins, Yadarambe shu dirvinno virakta samyatimriya abhyasenatmano yogi dariyat achalam manaha. The translation is, a transcendentalist, having become disgusted, nirvina, he is nirvinaha, Word for word is hopeless. Running translation is disgusted. Uh, well, they say disgusted and hopeless. <laughs> uh, in all endeavors for material happiness, the, the, the word is aramba, aramba, with a long A and a T. It means uh, an undertaking, undertaking or uh, uh, beginning or but here it's just something you undertake so you're so but here it means material undertakings uh, 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 aramba uh, so like a dance aramba aramba virakta uh, 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 detached uh, and samyatindriya uh, uh, and samyata controlling or completely controlling the senses. Here they put it this way, completely controls the senses and develops detachment. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, Banu Swami, uh, following Vishnu Chakravarti, puts it the opposite sequence. Then we will get back to completely controls the senses and develops detachment. Uh, by spiritual practice, uh, abhyasa, abhyasena, by means of abhyasa, which means the practice. We should know that word. It shows up a bunch of times in the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, abhyasa uh, 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 this yogi uh, uh, should concentrate the mind steadily uh, on the self uh, should fix the mind on the spiritual platform without deviation achalam means steadily steady without wavering uh, yeah, Banu Swami's translation is, when a person becomes disgusted with material endeavors, becomes detached from the results of prescribed duties, controls his senses by practice and follows yamas and niyamas, he should concentrate to make his mind steady. So this is Vishnu Chakravarti. He is thinking of a yogi, of someone who's practicing yoga. 
that the person is disgusted with material householder life, household life, disturbed by seeing its suffering, and becomes detached from the results of karma attained by karmis. Engaged in the yamas and niyamas of yoga, that's this, he takes this word, uh, 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 abhyasa, as indicating the yamas and niyamas of yoga, he meditates so that his mind will become uh, immobile or yeah, steady. So that sounds like the description of yoga uh, that we have in the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, the uh, the BBT port, purport, uh, they say, uh, the in- inevitable result of material sense gratification is disappointment and pain that sears the heart. One becomes gradually hopeless and despondent in material life. Then receiving good instructions from the Lord or his devotee, one transforms one's material disappointment into spiritual success. That's nice, huh? Actually, Lord Krishna is our only true friend and this simple understanding can bring one to new life of spiritual happiness in the company of the Lord. Uh, so this word abhyasena, you, you may be reminded of uh, Bhagavad Gita 6.3, where, uh, excuse me, 6.35, where uh, uh, where uh, Arjuna, when, it, when he, he's being been counseled, counseled by by Krishna to withdraw the mind wherever it wanders and keep it fixed on the, the self. And then Arjuna objects, you know, the mind is impossible to control. It's like controlling the wind. I think this can't be done. And Krishna, first, yeah, it's, you're right about the mind. It is like that. And then he says uh, in text 36, uh, it is possible to control the mind. Uh, never, even though it's difficult, it's possible. And then he uses this word, abhyasena, the same word that happens here in the same case, which Prabhupada translates as suitable practice, and uh, vairagyena, by, by detachment. So these two things, by practice and by detachment. So abhyasa yoga starts to indicate the platform of sadhana because practice means repetition, rehearsals. Uh, like a play you're going to put on, you have to practice, or you're going to do a musical performance, you have to practice. Uh, it just means you do it over and over again. That's the idea of abhyasa. It's, it, 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 it's practice, it's repeated practice. And that's what the dictionary definition of abhyasa uh, is a repeated or permanent exercise or discipline. So the idea of repetition uh, is there in the, in, in the Sanskrit uh, readings of the word abhyasa. Uh, the, the dictionary says, in later Vedanta philosophy, inculcation of a truth conveyed in sacred writings by means of repeating the same word or the same passage. So repetition is there. 
uh, they're talking about repeating mantras. Uh, so that's the idea of Abhyasa. Abhyasa shows up a number of times. Another really uh, interesting place is 8-8, uh, uh, Abhyasa Yoga Yuktena, Chetasa Nanya Ganya, Paramam Purusham Divyam Yati Paritanu Chintayam. So uh, by Abhyasa Yoga Yukta, uh, Yuktena, by being engaged in Abhyasa Yoga, uh, what is Chetasa Nanya Gamina? With not allowing the mind to go somewhere else. Uh, because the practice is where the mind wanders, you bring it back. This is the, the yoga situation. Wherever it goes, you bring it back. This is what Krishna said to Arjuna. Uh, and, and Arjuna says, that, well, the mind, you can look at it. And he says, yeah, no, you can do it. Uh, by Abhyasa, by repeated practice, uh, and, and vairagya, detachment, that's also in this verse. Because if, if uh, material attachments are a distraction, so if you're going to make the mind, you know, like a candle, your attention like a candle in a windless room, a candle flame in a windless room, uh, then there can be a lot of material desires that, that pull you away. That'll be mentioned a little later on uh, explicitly in this text. So he says this, Chetasa Nanyagamina, uh, Paramam Purusham Divyam Yati. He attains, he yati means he, he achieves the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Paramam Purusham Divyam. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of Anuchintayam, because of constantly thinking uh, in, in this way. Uh, uh, so this is the and then in the 12th chapter one of the options is this Abhyasa Yoga first of all just surrender to me if you can't do that then the next line is Abhyasa Yoga uh, this, this gives a series of things to do first of all just surrender to me and, and constantly if you can't do it then this Abhyasa Yoga is there uh, so he, here it is also uh, in this verse. Uh, uh, again, here it's talking about the actions necessary for a person qualified for jnana, but of course there's an overlap. Some of these things are also needed in bhakti. Uh, uh, some amount of uh, discipline Although uh, uh, it's easier in bhakti because you have some, you do, you're not, you're not trying to think of nothing. You know, there's, there's spiritual content, whereas if, you're, if it's strictly jnana, uh, the absolute you're aiming at, uh, no name, no form, no qualities. Uh, so it makes it more difficult. So we will pick up again next week. I'll mark my place. And uh, next Sunday we'll start now with uh, uh, Canto 11, Chapter 20, Text 19, where we will uh, find out more about this uh, spiritual uh, practice. 
Okay, so now we can open it up and see if there are any questions or comments. Okay, I'm going to change my phone Now the speaker is on and should be able to hear me. Uh, speaking without the headphones, and this means that uh, uh, all of us in the room can can hear the, uh, the, the what you have to say. If you're calling in on the conference call, and those who are maybe on on the uh, stream video can type in your remarks, and that, through the speakerphone, they'll be conveyed to everybody else. Okay. Turn the volume way up. Can you hear? Yeah, I see you. Okay, now. Next one is 28. Well, it's all pretty clear then. Uh, no confusion on this particular topic. We know very well these things. Well, good. So in that case, we'll get on with the day. And uh, wait, hold on. question. There's a texted in question. Bhakta Thad asks, given that a healing birth is such a rarity, how are we to understand the increasing population of humans on Earth? The, according to Shastra, in the previous yuga, there are many, many, many more times the volume of humans on the Earth so this current increase in is just a little blip, and it'll go back. Uh, it'll go back uh, uh, down again. Uh, at least the demographers say so. The so-called population uh, explosion that uh, was an artifact of industrialization, uh, uh, and, uh, and uh, then then. Uh, this this is when the, then after when a country is going through industrialization there's a huge increase in population and then after it's completed it goes it stops increasing in fact you're having now the the other opposite problems coming up by the way uh, just talking about the blips and I don't know that any of it has any spiritual significance but you may notice that in advanced industrial nations people are not having children not even enough uh, to replace population, a, a couple has to have two and a third children or something statistically. The people at most will have one now. And therefore, you have to bring in third world labor of some kind uh, in, in order to have the work done. So fortunately in America, we're a nation of immigrants anyway, and uh, even then people are still freaked out 
we, we have Mexicans and so on who are still reproducing with pre-industrial uh, excitement. And uh, but uh, but like for example, if if there would be no uh, Germany must have foreign labor, must have Turks and other people. Otherwise, they wouldn't have anybody to do the work. Japan is even more restrictive. It's, a, it's like Germany. It's a it's a, it's a nation of eight people. Uh, and so uh, they uh, have a big problem because their populations are aging and there's nobody to do the work to support all the old people. This is a big problem. That, so these are the kind of ups and downs that thing goes through. But I don't think they're great enough to be of any particular uh, significance. Um, uh, and... Uh, yeah, just, just to know the, the reasons for the, the blip is really way beyond my pay grade. You'd have to be Yamaraj or somebody or one of in his, uh, in his uh, bureaucracy to, to know these, these details. Okay, Kendra makes a comment. He says, this wonderful human machine can be used for such a wide variety of things. It's easy to see how people can get distracted from its most important use. It is easy. It is very easy to get distracted from its most important use. It's a fact. I agree with that. And Dinesh asks, Dear Farouk, he talked about good fortune by which one gets human birth. Is good fortune to be understood as mercy of devotees or Vaishnavas? Uh, you know, the, the word good fortune in this context is not explained. And somehow it just can mean somehow or other. It happens. We don't really know the whole background, how, how, how you get it. We do understand that, for example, at least I was told, I don't know, maybe someplace it's recorded that Prabhupada said it, but I was told when I became a devotee, that uh, just give, giving a human prasadam guarantees their next birth is human, and that if uh, animals eat the crumbs, they, their next birth can be human also, or very soon they will get a human birth. Uh, so that's... Uh, that, that's um, something that that, 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 that happens to the devotees do something. But there's people coming from maybe other planets, and I mean, who knows? It's just really, uh, really hard to understand sometimes how, how, you, how you get the, the human birth. But I, I maybe... You know, there, there's the, the, the story of Lord Chaitanya's disciple who uh, wanted to take all, wanted to take on all the sins of everybody in the universe so everybody could be liberated. I forgot his name, which is one out of my head, the famous incident with Chaitanya Chaitanya. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, his name has eluded me. Vasudev uh, Dutta, I think. Uh, is uh, Asim's told, told Lord Chaitanya that he would do that. Uh, so uh, sometimes that really makes a big difference. 
And that could be the reason why it seems there are more people right now on the planet than ever before. But you just remember, you know, what, what we say, what we... I mean, our history is... The past is really unknowable. It's based on surviving records, as, and especially in time where we have no written records uh, that are accessible to us, uh, and assuming that then the people were primitive because they didn't have writing. Whereas, of course, people like Plato even complained about writing. He says the reason we have writing is because people's memories are no good anymore, and it's going to further destroy people's memories. I know it's just having a laptop where I can look everything up. I don't want to bother to remember anything anymore. Uh, but people used to have prodigious memories and would learn many, many things. But at any rate, there was no no writing, and, and, and we were trying to tell this advance how we, you know, rose from the apes and are progressing more and more up, you know, to the omega point where we become God, and we will conquer space and all that stuff. I mean, that's the modern science fiction story about the human race that is coming up and is progressing. We're getting closer and closer. Uh, the different liberation movements have brought us nearer and nearer the goal of, uh, of, of full self-fulfillment and so on. And uh, through technology... Anyway, that, that's a good thing. So they think that there was nothing there. But, but, but your knowledge of the past is what you happen to have run across. And as far as like pre, prehistory, uh, you can figure the number of uh, square, square feet there are in the earth and figure out the number of holes that we've dug. Uh, and you'll find out that <laughs> it's a very small fraction of 1%. And a huge amount of the record, uh, the archaeological record, has just disappeared. It's just been eroded away. The water, the wind, everything is, you know, it's just not there anymore. Even if we could dig up everything, you would never know by our knowledge. And, of course, they just keep, you know, telling us new things. When I, when I was in... Uh, and as a student, uh, you know, dinosaurs were these uh, very slow-moving, cold-blooded creatures. Now they're basically birds walking on the ground. They whip around really fast and, and so on. You know, they're completely different dinosaurs than they used to be. Now they just showed a new picture of a dinosaur with horns. It's like a, like a, like a bull, you know, big, huge horns on its head. We never had a horned dinosaur. Now we have them. Uh, so stay tuned. Dinesh also asks, I read in Bhagavad Gita that Brahma and his devotees will go back to Godhead after dissolution. Are we to infer Krishna consciousness is available for heavenly beings as well, like on earth? They're not heavenly beings. But they're beyond heaven. Uh, Mahaloka, Tapaloka, Janaloka, Satyaloka, the Satyaloka planetary system. Uh, uh, heaven is Svarga, where people don't go back to Godhead as a rule directly. 
because they're enjoying. But uh, the, 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 the next planetary system up uh, are places where the, the sages live. And there, somebody who may not be qualified for going back to Godhead, but would go there. And th- those are the ones, even as described on the, on the planets like Mahaloka and Tapaloka, when the time of dissolution comes, you go you by by some kind of conveyance spaceship or something to such a loka, and then when the fire of devastation reaches uh, Brahma loka, to such a loka, then you're liberated along with the liberation of Brahman. So that's different from the heavenly planets. It is one instance I remember Srila Prabhupada pointing to a grass on a rock and saying that as a heavenly being brought down to earth by a rain. Yeah, that was in Brooklyn. He was on a walk and he pointed with his cane. Uh, what is that? What is that? He said it was this weed growing in a crack in the sidewalk about the next to the sidewalk. I forgot which. And people are going, uh, trying to think, what, what's the plant's name, you know? Is it, people are like saying, uh, is it a dandelion? No, somebody's trying, you know, trying to figure out what it is. No, what is it? And then probably finally it's a demigod. And the Chandogya Upanishad says, when they come to fall down from the heavenly planets, they come down in the rain, and they, they, they are to take root, and they're eaten. When they're eaten by cows, they go into milk, and they go into human beings, and that's how they take birth as humans again. What if you're a weed in Brooklyn? I don't know what your fate is. There's no cows to eat you and make you into milk. So. And that's what it says in the Chandogya Upanishad. Yeah, it's really, I'm just thinking about it, you know, one, one really, the, 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 the most dangerous type of fear, Krishna probably translates that way, and Krishna says, a little advancement in this path will change you from the greatest fear. And that, that, that bayam is a, a, a going back down into the animal species of life, the most fearful thing. Uh, Oh, so, uh, uh, yeah, one, uh, one, should take, uh, one should take advantage of it uh, You think about it, which we're supposed to do. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll stop there. Thank you very much, and we'll uh, be back uh, with Text 19 uh, next Sunday. Shimad Bhagavatam Maki Jai Shiva Prabhupada Ki Jai.